Right. So we have Moses' story almost from birth until his death today. And we're talking about this idea of leaving ourselves behind. Uh, the first, well, the second verse of the summons is this. Will you leave yourself behind if I but call your name? Now, this is God speaking. Will you care for cool and kind and never be the same? Will you risk the hostile stare should your life attract or scare? Will you let me answer prayer in you and you in me? Um, as I was praying about this and thinking about Moses and, and how really special it is that we have his whole life essentially um, cataloged in scripture. I thought about some of these passages that I picked out and it really struck me that Moses grew into who he became. Moses grew into who God had created him to be. And it's interesting that for several years, um, when I pray with my clients, my spiritual direction clients at the end of their session, the first line that I usually say is, God, I thank you for this person and who they, you've created them to be. It's a reminder that in some ways we are created, created to be more than what we are in the moment and also who we think we are. We're more than the sum of our lives and who we are. Um, and most of the time, I would say there's a gap between who God has created us to be and who we are in the present moment. Um, and in a lot of ways, Moses is special because we have the, we have the documentation or story of his transformation. We have his ent entire life story in scripture from the very, you know, not from the moment of uh, birth, but close to it, right? Where he's put into a, a papyrus basket and shoved into the Nile. And then he's raised by, you know, he's found by Pharaoh's daughter who just happens to go and get Moses' mom to nurse him, who is raised in Pharaoh's household, um, who, you know, ends up letting his anger get the best of him and he kills someone, he runs away, ends up marrying, having a family, and then God calls him back in a, in a burning bush, bush of all things, which is not actually on fire because um, it doesn't disintegrate. And then we have the Exodus story that most of us learned as kids, right? We've got Moses going to Pharaoh and doing the, the 10 plagues. We've got the, the running away where the Egyptians are just like, here, take our stuff, get out of here, stop killing us. And then they wander around in the desert for a long time where they go back and forth. Um, the Israelites and Moses um, go back and forth in their, uh, we'll say dedication to what God has for them. And then we hear of Moses' death. We have his entire life story in scripture, which is really quite amazing. 
and we see his good and bad and in between of his transformation. It goes in fits and starts. We see his triumphs and his missteps in a way that I think we can be encouraged because Moses didn't get it right. And Moses is pretty much, you know, like the godfather of Old Testament. He's the person that if you're going to ask anybody, who do you know from the Old Testament, you're probably going to say Moses. And sometimes he was an idiot, uh-huh. which to me gives me um, confidence that when I screw up, you know, God actually does forgive because we see it throughout scripture and especially in Moses, um, in Moses story. But the thing that really struck me about Moses is, is that in, in most things, he's invited to leave himself behind. Um, Cause we learn of his call, you know, the burning bush. We hear his resistance. We heard him object. Like, oh, God, I'm not a speaker. (laughs) Pardon me, God, choose someone else. (laughs) I love that. He's so honest. Like, even when confronted with something that is so odd, right? He's he's still not afraid to be like, "Mm -hmm. whoever you are, this is probably a bad idea. I can't speak. And then we see his transformation, you know, kind of, into the decades later, as he leads the Israelites through, um, by this fact that his face was literally shining after he was done speaking to the Lord. That when he died, apparently, you know, he was still as strong and could see. And, you know, that, that time with God that he spent was transformational, not only internally from an identity standpoint, but also externally. But part of this, part of the Moses story and in leaving himself behind is that he had to leave his perception of who he was behind in order to do what God was asking him to do. We all pretty much know he grew up Egyptian. How odd would that be, right? Like, especially at that time. Then he went and was a herdsman for his father-in-law. And God asked him literally to return to the scene of the crime that he committed so many years ago and all the emotions that that may have brought up for him that he was able to ignore. He was asked to, in some ways, let all of that identity go. And then um, his, oh, I can't read my writing. (laughs) Awesome. Um, and then he objects with God about his, his speech. You know, he's like, oh, I'm not a very good communicator. And God gets a little miffed and is like, oh, well, you have Aaron. He's coming to see you. Um, But in all of these things, we see the, the lifelong endeavor that God was with Moses, inviting him to transform in different ways and leave himself behind to be more of who God was inviting him to be. And Moses was really uncomfortable most of the time, I think. 
Um, so how many of you know people uh, who come to worship because it's the same, like the liturgy, the order of worship is the same, or church offers stability or um, some kind of sense of normalcy in our chaotic world? Do you know anybody that, that says that, or that's one of the reasons that they come? I was having a conversation with a fellow colleague and uh, he helps he helps lead churches through change. And uh, that's a great, great thing to do because we all know how much people love change. And uh, he was telling me that one of the unspoken things in most churches is that people come to church because it's the same, not because it's different. Well, you have me, so sorry. <laughs> um, liturgy is gonna change probably every week. Um, but then the question came in my mind, you know, like, how do you, how do you help them move through that? How do you communicate that? And he said he actually doesn't, which I found really interesting. But what he did say is that it doesn't always work out well for those people, um, especially if they're trying to move. And what he does is help people move from one church organizational structure to the simplified structure, which, you know, if you're all for more meetings, then stay the way that you are. But you know, if you'd like less meetings, obviously change, you know, so it's just funny how we all, as leaders, we encounter different resistance and we encounter different things. And as humans, you know, we can get attached, all of us can get attached to things like order of worship or organizational structure. And it holds us back from becoming who God is inviting us to be sometimes. It holds us back from growing. Um, internally or externally. And one of the things that someone told me once was that form, like the form and structure of things comes from function. It's not the other way around. Like the form is not an end to itself. So if you did go and, and um, I'll say scan Exodus and you read the two accounts of how to build the tabernacle, uh, that form was for a very specific function that they knew and they understood. It's not an end to itself. It's one of the reasons that our church doesn't look like the tabernacle. Um, it's about form um, in terms of how we can use it for function, if that makes sense. And so oftentimes we are invited to leave ourselves behind or leave maybe what we hold sacred behind. Um, one of my favorite sayings that I don't use very often is sacred cows make really good barbecue. Um, it, yeah, you know why I don't use it very often because uh, it raises people's dander. Um, and it, but it's what God pretty much said to Moses kind of throughout his life look, I am inviting you and I am, inviting, I am inviting the people of Israel, the ones that I called, who have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as their forefathers. I am inviting you to something new. I want you to come with me. I want you to, to participate in this. And it's not easy. Um, we're, I think with, with COVID and the pandemic and people leaving worship and coming to worship and all of these different things. We're in a, just a very different time than we were three years ago. 
And so the things that maybe we held sacred that seem to connect with people three years ago don't anymore. So what are those things? You know, the questions that we can ask ourselves of what do I need to leave behind so that God's light can shine through me? Um, as a spiritual director and coach, I help, I ask these questions of my clients on a regular basis. You know, like, well, what's the invitation? What is God inviting you to? And then they answer. And oftentimes, the way that they respond is something where they have to let go of something. Uh, it's about, and often it's about identity, who they thought they were. Uh -huh. I had a conversation with a client last week where she was looking at, at her life and said something like, God doesn't want me to be a human punching bag anymore. And I responded very calmly and lovingly and said, God never wanted you to be a human punching bag. It's these kind of things where our life circumstances inform what, what we believe about ourselves. So like Moses probably believed he was a murderer, uh, which technically he was, but at the same time, God didn't hold it against him. And God invited him to out into something else to lead people. Um, you know, I can't even imagine what Moses' internal narrative was like. But I do know he had a lot to leave behind um, and a lot to, to not be afraid of. Like I said, he was going back, right? Um, going back to to an area where people wanted to kill him. That's why he fled in the first place. Um, and yet God was with him in a way that was like, no, this is who I've created you to be. I want you to be something different. And, but this is what it's gonna take. We're invited. Um, the story of Moses has so many different invitations in it. You could probably spend your whole life looking at Moses' story and just, you know, talking with God about what, what he wants us to learn in that. But in terms of leaving ourselves behind so that we can do what God asks us, we can take a hard look at how we form our identity. How do we describe who we are? Who do we think we are? Do we do we first and foremost describe ourselves as children of God? Or do we first start with our jobs? Oh, well, you know, I was an engineer and now I'm an ordained deacon. You know, or your hobbies. You know, oh, I like to hunt and fish and that that's who I am. How do we how do we form our identity? What things are important to us? And then we can ask God what he sees and who he says we are. I did this, when was it? I don't know if it was 2016, 2017, it was somewhere around there. And I actually, you know those big post-it um, pieces of paper that you can put up on the wall that are like 30 by 36 or something like that. So I, I have, one of those. And 
So I tore one sheet off, stuck it on the wall and wrote down on it, God, who do you say that I am? And then I just stood there and stared at it until I got words. I didn't like some of the words. I got the, the word fighter. I got the word disruptor. I got the word teacher. Um, and there were like six or seven other ones as I sat with that question and God and was like, who do you say that I am? Sometimes we don't like what we hear as evidenced by the story of Moses. He did not like what he heard from God. And yet there was an extreme blessing in following that call. So we can take a hard look at how we form our identity and who we think we are. And then we can ask God what he sees and who he says we are. And then we look at both of those and see what we need to let go of or give up in order to live into who God is inviting us to be. And the best thing about all of this, think whether we're talking about Jonah or Moses or Stephen next week or, um, or any of the saints that have gone before us in the last 2000 years, God is with us. And so we can ask God for help in this. If we really want to do what God is calling us to do, whatever it might be. Like I said last week, not everybody, thank you, Jesus, is going to be a preacher, a prophet, or a teacher. That would be entirely too chaotic. But we also can't do this without our own strength and without God's strength. We have to form some kind of desire to change and then we ask God for help because we can't do this alone and with God's help all of this leads to an increase in trust of God and becoming the people we were created to be we see this with Moses and his story um, and we, we can see this in our own lives too and it's a beautiful thing to to be willing to risk and to be willing to be led by God to places that we're unsure of to see the amazing things that God can do. I'm pretty sure that when Moses fled to the desert and ended up finding Jethro and making a family and all of that, never in his life did he think that he would see the Nile turn to blood, locusts, you know, in the swarms that showed up, or that the Red Sea would part or that manna would fall to the ground and quail. You know, if Moses would have said no, he would have never been able to see all of those things. What an amazing blessing that is. And so I think in a lot of ways, that's our choice as we look at our identity and how our identity informs our choices. Are we gonna go with God in terms of what God is asking of us? And in the process, let go of maybe who we thought we were so that we can receive God's blessing. Not that it'll be easy. We also know that from Moses' story. People were a pain in the neck. But there was so much more blessing on top of it. And there's such joy in that. And so I hope that as you go from this place, that you're willing, you're willing to have the courage to, to look at um, these reflection questions that I've 
have on the bottom of your bulletin. You know, God, who do you say that I am? How many of you have ever asked God that question? Anybody? It's an interesting one to see how God answers. And then how is that different and the same from how I see myself? And then the next question, what do I need to leave behind so I can be the person you created me to be? It's hard work. Nobody ever said that being a Christian was going to be easy. And yet we have people who have walked the path before us and we have, I'll say documentation and story that God is with us and that God will bless us far more than we could ever imagine. Might not be what we look like, what we thought it would look like, but it's certainly a blessing. And we get to become the people that God created us to be. Amen.